0: Welcome to Thrive Church Podcast. Join Pastor Kevin Bordeaux as he explores the word giving insightful solutions for day-to-day challenges. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now on to today's message. Welcome to Thrive Church this morning. How's everyone doing? All right. Great to have you guys here. Um, one thing I want you guys to be aware of: we're right now evaluating, and and which means. About a 99% chance we'll be moving to two services probably in November. Um, as you can tell, we uh, we got we got just few chairs left, few parking spaces. But thank you guys so much, and I want to say this for for helping us with the parking, with the seating, making room. And so um, our our lead team is praying about moving to two services. I don't think it's more it's more of a not a prayer thing anymore, but more of a we're gonna have to move there because you guys just keep showing up, man. What's wrong with y'all? Right, you just keep showing the church, man. That's crazy. Right, amen. Good to have y'all here. Um, let you know too. Uh, next week we're hosting our, our 101 Newcomers Coffee in the cafe over there. And if you're new to Thrive Church, so you know our process, we have a growth track. And growth track is 101 Newcomers Coffee, 201, 301, and 401. So can you count the four? You're good. And so what happens at Thrive is we help you on a process um, to move in maturity. And your first step's 101. And then in November, we're actually having 301, which is our membership partnership. Some of y'all have been dating us for a while. Right? And you know it's time to go ahead and commit, put a ring on it. Um, right, so so you so you need you need to go ahead. Yes, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you guys need to go ahead and and come on to uh 301 in November, and we're going to become a partner with us because what we're going to do starting November in the next year, our leadership development process is 401. If you've been through the first three uh, processes, then you can come to 401 where I meet with all of our partners, and members, and do leadership development um, here uh, on campus. I'm very excited. I got it planned out next year, and actually we have a huge conference we're doing next. You're right here, um, April 5th, 2014, uh, for churches all across the region. We have guys coming in. It's going to be amazing, a great leadership conference. So just let you know what we do in Growth Tracks. So if you're like, I'm new, what do I do? Come to 101 next week, and we'll get you through the rest of it. Does that sound good? If you're a guest, thanks so much for coming today. We're honored that you're here. Um, we exist for you, so thank you uh, for being here. And if you're a guest... We're in our third part of our series called From This Day Forward. The first two weeks we dealt with seek God and fight fair. Has has anybody in here worked on that? Or you sought God um, even as a single, as a couple, and then you've learned to fight fair? Remember last week the boxing gloves? We need to learn how to fight fair in our relationships. Well, today is probably the best message of this series. And I'll, I'll tell you why once we get in it, but it's called Have Fun. And I want you to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes 9.9. Turn in your Bibles or your copy of God's Word. We'll have it on the screen for you guys who didn't. Um, It's okay because we love you. I often forget my Bible too when I go places. Just being real with you. I do the same thing. So many times in marriages, people just don't have fun. And that's one of the demises to marriage is they don't have fun. I heard one guy had this quote, this funny joke. He said, a man doesn't know happiness until he gets married, and by then it's too late. See <laughs> so you hear all the men laughing, the deep laughter. And then for all you ladies out there, it says this, if your husband ever says you can't take a joke, say, oh, yeah, I can. I took one on our, on our wedding day. <laughs> took a really big one. I'm joking. Do never, never use those in arguments or fights. But truth of the matter is, um, Many of us in marriages unfortunately get to the place where they have fun dating, but then in marriage there's no more fun anymore. Something gets lost in translation, and I want to speak to you about that today because I really believe that God takes delight in us enjoying marriage. I believe that's part of the abundant life that Jesus promised in John 10.10. We've made it Mercedes and cars and Rolexes and three-piece suits and big houses. But I want to tell you that I believe that Jesus really takes the light when we learn to enjoy our spouse together. And what if couples in here, singles in here, you made a commitment that we're going to have fun again. Come on, guys. We're going to have fun again. We're going to be like we were when we were dating. We're going to break down. What if every marriage did that in here? What would happen? I guarantee we would see breakthrough in marriages. Look at Ecclesiastes 9.9. 9. In singles, you're like, well, how does this apply to me? Take notes. Prepare. Did you hear me? Ecclesiastes 9.9 9 says this, live happily. This is the New Living Translation. Live happily with the woman you love through all the meaningless days of life that God gives you under the sun. I just love Solomon's take in Ecclesiastes. He's an old, bitter man. Just realize that as you're reading, this, meaningless days. But he does say this, something good. The wife God gives you is your reward for your earthly toil. Men say, really? Yes. It's not your 80-inch flat screen. It's your wife. And I love, and, and wives are like loving this right now. They're like, yeah. I'm your your gift from God. And the NIV even says, enjoy your wife. Now, this looks much different than what marriage looks like in America, doesn't it? Let's pray. Father, I ask today that you would soften our hearts, open us up to learn. God, there's so much that we listen to but never apply. So, Lord, let us today not be like the one who heard the word and did not do it, but let us be the one who, who hears your word and then does it. I pray, God, you would remove any barriers from us listening today, God. I'll remove distractions and thoughts that would be uh, counterproductive to what you're trying to do in our hearts today, God. We open this up to you, God, today. Our hearts, our minds, we're going to love you with all of our heart and all of our mind today, God, as we continue to worship by listening to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You have to stop and realize, as I talk about this, what society is teaching us and what Hollywood's teaching us about marriage. If you survey movies and you survey sitcoms, you don't find great marriages. I mean, I was even thinking about it. I was like, what was the last great marriage in a sitcom? Biblical marriage in a sitcom. What was the last great one? As I surveyed, I went through, I was like, Simpsons, no, not good. Married with children, not good. I mean, you can't, it's hard to find. You know the last one I got to, And you may find other ones, The Cosby Show. I loved The Cosby Show. I grew up with Cliff and Claire Huxtable. Rudy, Theo, Vanessa, anybody else in here? They, and as I look at that, I, now I, I, as, I, as I pray over these messages, this stuff comes to me. The Lord is just putting this in my spirit. <laughs> Now seriously, the Cosby Show. They had a great, they had fun together. They talked to their children. They didn't holler at them and, and curse at them. And, they, and, and, they, and at night, I love watching them because I didn't grow up in that. My mom and dad fought. They needed boxing gloves, right? They threw stuff. They broke stuff. It was crazy. So, and I remember watching them at night, laying in the bed, talking about their crazy kids and what's going on. And no matter what they faced, they could always deal with it. You're like, Kevin, it's a TV show. I know. But do you realize that media shapes our thoughts today and so as you're taking in these tv shows and you're watching them and you're and you're pulling them in i'm not saying don't watch anything except for christian i'm not saying that it's for christian tv what i am saying is you got to realize our society is shaped by media and so as i'm speaking about marriage and these things you're going against the grain and so today i want to go against it and learn to have fun and have fun in biblical proportions and if you're, if you're elderly in here and you're like, man, we, we have a great marriage, I'm, I'm older in life, you need to take notes on all these series and help the young folks out. Some of y'all need to help your children with this. Stop sending them to me. And you need to take responsibility and be their parent. Pastor Kevin, if you could just talk to them, No, if you would take notes and come to church, you could talk to them. I say that enough to love you into that. And you can get all of our notes online. Shameless plug. See, in dating... It's usually what you have fun with that person, right? The stuff you enjoy about them. The stuff you like about them. And you're talking about that. Common interest. And when you get married, you lose that. I mean, think about dating. No woman ever says in dating... My God, he plays video games all day in his underwear. He doesn't wash clothes. He doesn't wash dishes. He doesn't listen to me. Oh, I think I want to marry him. <laughs> yeah, again, if you guys have been here, you know my lady voice. you got to bear with it. As Pastor Keith says, it's a lot like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> if Manti Teo would have been here, he could have avoided his whole scheme by just hearing this. Some of you sports fans know what I'm talking about. So, so I want you to think about it in that there. I mean, nobody says that. No guy ever says, man, she's great, dude. She stays on Facebook all day. She plays Candy Crush Saga into the wee hours of the night. I promised somebody I would say that to them. Is there a Candy Crush fan? I never played it. I don't know anything about it. I just like picking on you guys because obviously a lot of you play it. But when you get married, you don't think about the next, oh, I just, I can't stand that person. I think I'm going to marry them. But what happens when you get in marriage? Pastor Can I talk to you. I can't stand this person. They can't stand me. How does that happen? You, I've seen it. And listen, and divorce in the church is just as high in the world, 50%. It's not that you're not sitting in church together. It's not that you're, a lot of things, you know, you need to be seeking God. You need to be fighting fair. But I believe one of the issues is we stop having fun. And when you're, if you're dating or engaged right now, you need to talk about this and say, but we can't lose this. Because when you get married, it's so easy to lose this. My, my wife and I had so much fun dating. We have fun now also. But I remember dating. Before we got married, I'm in 2006, February of 2006, I actually made a three-foot card, poster board, and I drew this card. I made it myself for my wife, yeah. And so I put it together, I I made it, I drew it, and it's her favorite card to this day. Um, the next year, I followed up. I made this little, remember this little pirate faces? And they had a little patch on it, and I, and I, I, I photoshopped, and it was really funny, and I made a little card. But can I be honest with you? I slipped off as the years go. One of the things she loves to do is do Easter baskets, and we both got to buy each other Easter baskets. It's got to be thoughtful. You got to have cool stuff in it. In 2012, I thought that I could just take a break. <laughs> Bad idea, guys. When, 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 when your wife has expectations, don't take a break. And so, I failed in that area. You know why you get comfortable in marriage? You stop doing the things that really matter, that you really enjoyed when you first started dating. I mean, when you date, sometimes you get an Easter basket because you have to. All right, we'll go Easter basket shopping. I mean, guys, just don't get excited about that. If you do, we will pray for you afterwards. But what the point is, is that I even slipped in it. And so, I realized in 2013, I've got to gain background. So, I had a rocking Easter basket. I mean, it was a, a bunny. It was it was like a real bunny. Not real, but it was like, you know, toy animal bunny. And it, you could stuff it with stuff. And I think, and this is just my take. She doesn't have a microphone. Mine was better than hers this year. I rocked the Easter basket. So you've got to understand. See, my microphone gets louder than anybody in here. That's why I love about having a microphone. Um, I actually used use one in youth ministry just so I could get louder than the kids. And they couldn't talk over me talking. But what I'm saying is this, when we settle into marriage, we lose something along the way. And men, I've been talking about ladies a lot, but men, we're conquerors, right? By ne- okay, don't look at me like that. A man's favorite movie is like Braveheart, or it's 300, or Gladiator. It's not The Notebook. If it is, we'll pray for you. But, but a man loves to conquer, I mean today we're all ready for our teams to win. Somebody told me it play to have fun, not to win. I said, man, winning is fun. So think about this. And men, give me a good grunt in here. Ready? Give me a grunt. Come on, let me hear you. I'm not barking. Grunting. A man goes, he hunts, he finds a deer, like Frank Ash. He kills that deer. What does he do? He guts that deer, he stuffs it, and puts its head on the wall. Now, I don't hunt at all. I don't do any of that. I'll pass out if I see any of that. All right? I play sports. I didn't hunt. But after he gets through mounting the deer head on the wall, and it's really weird, and it's looking at you, and I had to sleep in a room one night with all those—it's weird. What does he then do? He goes to kill another deer. Or something else. Remember that one guy that had like every animal in the world on his wall in Florida. What I'm saying is men are about conquering. It's about the checklist. Engagement, check. Marriage, check. Children, check. What's next to conquer? (laughs) But women are about the journey. Men see first base, second base, third base home. And you know what, don't, 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 don't go there in your gutter. Some of you went there. But women don't, just, let's just walk out and let's just have fun. Let's pick daisies. Let's just enjoy life together. And men, because of our conquering mentality, you know what happens? We lose the art of pursuing our wives. Check, we got her. The ring's on it. Yeah. And that's what happens. And that's one of the reasons that we lose fun. And can I just submit to you, some of you say, and I've heard this, but we don't have time to have fun in our marriage. Having fun, I know you're thinking this is the the most unbiblical message ever. Well, I'm sure somebody's teaching about dragons and tabernacles somewhere in this town. You can go sit there and learn all about it um, and still have bad marriages. Uh, But I want to submit to you that if you don't have fun in your marriage, you will not have a marriage eventually. Or to be a shell of one. It'll be a shell of one. That you no longer enjoy life with your spouses. What I wanna do is give you three ways to have fun this morning. And we're gonna look at a very dangerous passage of Scripture the Song of Solomon. Something that nobody ever reads for their devotion time. I don't think I've ever sat around and thought, yeah, I'm just reading the Song of Solomon. It's very dangerous. And you know, one of the biggest misconceptions, you can go ahead and turn there uh, to chapter 7 of the Song of Solomon in your copy of God's Word. But one of the biggest misconceptions of the Song of Solomon, scholars say that the Song of Solomon is about Christ and the church. I get it. I, I, I know what you're saying. I, I've, I've been through all my Bible school um, the reason they say that is because it makes you blush in the Song of Solomon. That, listen, now God does pursue us. He does love us. He has this passion for us. And you can kind of relate that. But do you know what the Song of Solomon is really about? This dude that just got married to this woman he really loves. And the Song of Solomon is rated R. I'm being real. Read it. Some of you teenagers like, and have never read the Bible. You're going to read it this week. I guarantee parents you were walking like what do you i mean the song of solomon because god wants us to have passionate intimate marriages does anybody believe that in here amen i mean or, or do you think he wants to have dry marriages where we just coexist and just live together and and we just are waiting to die and go to heaven That's not the type of marriage I believe God wants. And I really believe the Song of Solomon was put in here so we could see what passion looks like in their time and in their culture. Three types of way to have fun. Um, If you did not carry your kids to Thrive Kids, the first two points are PG. The last one may be PG-13. That's why we have Kids Church for all the kids in here. So the first two points, they're kind of easy. The last one is you may have to take some medicine before you leave church today. Write in your talk notes, and we're going to look at Solomon uh, Song of Solomon 7.1. It's face-to-face fun. Face-to-face fun. Very important. Now, I want you to look at verse 7. I mean, no, excuse me, chapter 7, verse 1. And Solomon says this. He says, "'How beautiful your sandaled feet, O prince's daughter.'" Your graceful legs are like jewels, the work of a craftsman's hand. Somebody say smooth operator. (laughs) Here, I guess they're dealing with thousands of years ago. Number two, verse two says, your navel is a rounded goblet that never lacks blended wine. Friends, I don't know what that means, but don't say that to your wife or to your pre-wife. Please, I I don't know what it means. It worked for him. Your waist is a mound of wheaten circled by lilies. Again, don't use it, but he, it works for him. I don't, know, I don't know what that meant, but it was good. And then you're going to blush a little bit. He says, your breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle, and your neck like an ivory tower. Your eyes are the pools of Heshbon by the gate of Bath-Rabim. This is the Bible. I'm teaching straight from it. Don't look at me like that. The point that you got to see in this first part of the Song of Solomon is they're having face-to-face fun. He's talking to her. He's looking into her eyes. He is sharing his love for her. And one of the issues that we miss in marriage is face-to-face fun. When you first date, I mean, like, you'll, you'll talk for hours. And parents of teenagers know this, right? You'll catch them on the phone just like, not even, just laying there, not talking, breathing. It's like, are you on the phone? Yeah. Y'all talking now. It's weird. We all did it though, right? Uh Uh-huh. And you enjoy talking. It's amazing. Ladies, I mean, when you were dating that guy, he liked to talk a lot, didn't he? When you got married, he's like, uh. I don't know what happens. I mean, something happens. A switch goes off. Forgive us, ladies, please. But face-to-face fun is so important. One thing my wife and I have done to protect that is having a date night. And we do date night every week. Now, we don't have children, but I got a lot of y'all folks. <laughs> but we have to protect that. And on date night, what we do is it's not bring some friends out and hang out together. Um, date night is for us to talk, is to get face-to-face, to talk about stuff, um, to, and, and, and to talk about real issues, but to have fun talking about life. I realize there's something in my wife's heart and she's had a bad day at work, I want her to talk to me. I'm just here to listen. A lot of us don't do that because we're so interested in getting what we need from our spouse, we don't want to listen, to be there. And face-to-face fun has got to be a part of your marriage. Let me say this, when I'm working with other pastors, and you guys know that's, that's my life, I work with pastors, okay, and they're struggling, I ask the question, how's date night going? oh, well, we haven't done that in forever. Did you have a board meeting this week? Yeah, but you didn't have a date night. And what happens in most pastors' marriages is the pastor is married to the church, the wife is married to the jobs for the kid, and then they often cross paths every now and then. Some of you face that and you're not even in ministry. And I'll ask them, how's your date night going? We don't have one. I'll ask them, what do you do for fun? And they will tell me, we don't do anything for fun. And you you may think, this is not spiritual. What is he talking about? I'm telling you, it's very spiritual. Because the number one thing I have to work with those guys on is you need to stop, call a timeout, and go have fun. And they'll say, I don't have time to have fun. And my response is, well, then you eventually won't have a marriage. What do you do to have fun? Face-to-face time, a time where you can just talk and dream and, and, and talk about your love even for each other. Put down the book, put down the smartphone, put down the stupid computer, stop Candy Crush, stop NFL Network, and just talk. If, if you apply this, I'm telling you, your marriage get better. But if you just listen and say amen, or you're dreaming about dragons and tabernacles, you'll, you, you, you won't get it, all right? Take time to have face-to-face fun together. Here's the the second point this morning. Second way to have fun. Face-to-face, talk to each other. The second point is this. Have side-to-side fun. Have side-to-side fun. The Song of Solomon 7, verse 11. Now watch this. He says, Come, my lover, let us go to the countryside. Let us spend the night in the villages. That's Going away and getting away and having fun. Come on, let's get away from this place. Let's go somewhere. Let's have fun together side to side. Can I say this in a blanket statement? Women usually love face-to-face, usually. Now, there's exceptions to the rule. My wife is probably one of those exceptions. Women usually love face-to-face. Men love side-to-side fun. Women just want to sit and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And talk, and talk, and talk. (laughs) Come on, men. You can laugh. It's okay. You're in church. She has to forgive you. But men like to go do something with their spouse together. What can we do to have fun? And you've got to find things that you can do to go have fun together as an activity. One man said this. He said, I always hold my wife's hand because I want to show her that I love her. And if I let her hand go, she'll go shopping somewhere. (laughs) Uh, sometimes you need to go shopping for side-to-side fun. I, I, take, I, I bite the bullet sometimes I go shopping, and my wife's in stores, and I'm playing on my smartphone. If you ever see a lot of Facebook posts back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, then I'm probably in a store somewhere um, having side-to-side fun with her. <laughs> find side-to-side activities to do together. And oftentimes men have their hobbies, women have their hobbies, and that's okay. You need that too, but you need to find something you're going to do together. For instance, my, my wife and I decided we were going to learn tennis. I'd never played tennis. In my high school, we played football, basketball, baseball, because I grew up in Turkey, North Carolina. I mean, you know, 400 people. And we didn't have any of the sports. Golf clubs? Yeah, right. Like two kids were on the golf team because their parents could afford golf clubs. Nobody else. And, and tennis, don't even try it. Play in the parking lot if you want to. There's no tennis could afford it. And so we decided, she never played tennis. It's like, let's take up tennis. You know, I no, I played a video game one time. I think I know some of the rules. And so we took up tennis together, went and bought rackets, got tennis balls, and we had fun playing tennis. We still go play tennis. Not as much, though, because I ended up beating her so bad in tennis, because um, we have such a competitor, that she decided it probably wasn't as much fun anymore to play tennis. You know why? Because she wants to win. Y'all give her pity, and she talked a lot of junk, and so I would not pull up on her. We also find, listen, this sounds, and again, this is super, we find TV shows we like together, and we'll watch them and talk about them. It's side to side. That's not face to face now, all right? That's side to side. We find things we enjoy doing. I even go grocery shopping with her. She believes that's fun. She wants me to be with her while she's grocery shopping. I can't put anything in the basket. I can't make any amendments, but I've got to go. Can I be honest with you? If you ever see a tweet that says, I'm grocery shopping, call me and say it's an emergency. I need to speak with you immediately. (laughs) I would rather be taken outside and beaten with a small wooden bat instead of going grocery shopping. And she knows that. She knows that. (laughs) But it's things that, that, that you can do together. Ladies, if you want your man to open up to you, you need to take notes. He will open up when he is doing something with you that he enjoys. And ladies, he will open up to you when he has finished doing something that he enjoys. Don't let your minds go there. You guys' minds are in the gutter at this church. Holiness. the Lord. Uh, matter of fact, let's go to the altar call right now. If you'll, you'll come, Daisy. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. She's ready to come on up. <laughs> We need to have face-to-face. We've got to have side-to-side fun. What do you do for side-to-side fun? We exercise together too. What do you do together for side-to-side fun? We go to church. eh, Okay, that's like fourth on the list. What do you do to have fun together? Your spouse should be your best friend. And can I say this? If you don't have fun with your spouse, they're going to find somebody to have fun with. And when you start, listen, as I survey when affairs have happened, it was because fun stopped happening along the way. And somebody else seemed a little more fun than that person. You, your, your spouse should be your best friend. You remember your best friend growing up? Yeah, you got mad at him. Yeah, y'all had fights in the backyard through dirt in each other's eyes when you were growing up. Now I'm not saying do that in your marriage. <laughs> But you're going to fight. You're going to, you're going to go through things. That she, should, she or he should be your best friend that you totally enjoy doing life together. And so you need to have face-to-face fun, side-to-side fun. And then some of you may need to go ahead and take your medicine because this is called belly button to belly button fun. Number three, belly button to belly button fun. And I promise to keep it PG for you. But I'm telling you, when you do counseling, this is the stuff you deal with. And, and let me go ahead and say this, the reason the church struggles is because the pulpit is silent. And the very things people struggle with in America, the church refuses to talk about. Remember, remember in February, we did, we did the series on money, but it was about how to balance your checkbook? See, preachers will preach on giving, but they won't preach how to balance a checkbook because they're not doing it. Thank God my wife helps me with that because I'm not good at it. And preachers will not talk about this stuff here because their marriages stink. And then we'll talk about faith and all this other stuff and and, and whatever besides this. And you've got to have belly button to belly button fun. Somebody said amen. Help me out. Do not leave me alone up here by myself. Verse 11 and 12. He says, come, my lover, let us go to the countryside. Let us spend the night in the villages. Get away. Have fun. Let us go early to the vineyards to see if the vines have budded. If their blossoms have opened, if the pomegranates are in bloom, there I will give you my love. Now translated, let's go have belly button to belly button fun in the park. Don't y'all do that. You will get arrested and put in jail. That's That's what Solomon was doing here. I mean, read it. That's basic biblical interpretation. Some of you are saying, really, this guy's going here? This guy's talking about belly button to belly button fun in church. Can somebody please turn the AC down to like 65 because you're sweating here? But so many times, so many times, we in our marriages forget these things. He even says this in Proverbs 5, 18 and 19. And, and, and this is even in, in marriage books I give out to people to help them understand the power of intimacy. He says this in Proverbs five eighteen. May your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. And watch this. As a loving doe, as a graceful deer, may her breast satisfy you always and may you ever be captivated by her love. This is the Bible. Inerrant Infallible, inspired, able to transform your life. And the reason affairs happen, happens in the church, happens to preachers, is because they don't do this. They can tell you, they can put charts on the walls about the end times. And the the dragons and the beast, and they're coming here and they're going there and you're all worried and buying canned food. And their marriage falls apart. I'm being honest with you. Survey it. If we just apply this stuff and let our wives be our fountain and be our source, then we'll we'll have strong marriages. And I like what he says here. He says, may you ever be captivated by her love. That word there, captivated, is shagah. Say shagah. Some of y'all were sleeping. Actually, I don't think anybody's sleeping today. Y'all are like, Ethel, we got to listen to this. Here's some crazy. I never heard this in church before. Whew. Oh, it might be our last time, but I'll tell you what, we're going to learn something from this. (laughs) Shagah, it means to pursue. As a hunter pursues an animal, or another animal pursues an animal, it means you should pursue your spouse and never stop pursuing them. Find out ways that, that you can make them feel loved. What are their love languages? And men, here's our problem on our approach. Be creative and be tender. Hey, girl, you're looking good. (laughs) Teenagers, it doesn't work. I don't know what, what song artist taught you that, but it doesn't work in women's lives. Hey, girl, learn to massage her feet because my wife hates touching feet. Massage her shoulders. Do something nice for your wife as pursuing her. Find ways that you can bless your wife. Ask her, what do I do that you love the most? And when she tells you, here's a simple application, just do it. Just do it. What do you, what do I do that you love the most? Because men, you know, their mind's always in the gutter, right? She's like, you make me a bowl of cereal? I'll make you a bowl of cereal. (laughs) like i need to oil change my car oh i'll I'll change the oil (laughs) men uh, men please forgive us we're just really dull and numb talk about it together don't make excuses have fun i talk to pastors who will go to conferences spend money go to school talk to people who do that and i say do you guys you know how's everything going we don't we don't have it we got kids Put Dora, the stinking explorer, on and have fun. I'm serious, man. I'm trying to avert marriage counseling. I believe what's going to happen in the next nine months, I prophesy over the next nine months, the spirit of the Lord has just descended on me and we will. Ha- this church will grow because <laughs> there will be a lot of pregnancies in 10 months from now. <laughs> Can I be real with you? Um, I have a good friend, probably my best friend in the world, Brett Cooper. And, and when I got ready to get married, he's, he's a couple years older than I am. We talked, and he gave me some, some advice on this stuff that helped me. It was real talk. It wasn't, well, when you dissect Romans, make sure and that. It's like, hey, man, this, this is how you and your wife are going. To, this is how you're going to have belly button to belly button fun. Listen to me, and he helped me out with that personally. And I thank him for that, and I, and I thank the other mentors and models that I have because I believe we have a great marriage. Now, do we have bumps in the road? We do, but we talk about things. We stay current with all of our issues, and I thank my wife, and she's, she, she's a different type of woman. She doesn't, like, shut off and, well, oh, I'm fine, and I don't do that either. We, we, we talk about it. We lay these things on the table, and we, we we do that. And let me just say this. The Bible says that the marriage bed is undefiled. Men need intimacy, physical intimacy, ladies. Please hear me here. And I want to avoid affairs in this church. If you are so busy on Facebook or whatever you're on, I don't know what you're doing, man, Twitter, Instagram, and you're not meeting your husband's needs, don't be so shocked one day when somebody else steps in to meet those needs. Now, is he sinful in doing that? Yes, it's a sin. But we can avert a lot of things in our marriages if we will sit down and talk about these things right here and then do these things right here. Can I just say this the most—if you do this, this will be the most fun in a biblical application you've ever had. When I say apply this, it's not like tithing or fasting. Uh, if you apply this, it's going to be fun. I guarantee it for you. In marriage, it is worship to God. Belly-button to belly-button fun is intimacy in marriage, and it's worship to God. Outside of marriage, it's sinful. You're not married in the eyes of God. Just, just know that. If you're not married and, and have the certificates, it, it, it is. But in marriage, It's beautiful. And I believe the enemy has tried to creep in to our marriages and our lives by having us miss these things right here. And you're probably asking, why in the world is this guy saying all this, man? Because when I sit in a counseling session, it could have been avoided. It could have been avoided. And you know how? How? You violated one, two, or all three of these principles. You weren't having face-to-face fun. You weren't having side-to-side fun. And you weren't having belly button-to-belly button fun. One of the three or all three or two of three have been violated. And what you need to do is sit down and find out where have we violated and how can we bring it back again. Listen, I want us to have fun in our marriages I want to model that for you, man. I want you guys to see we go kayaking together, we go hiking together. We're going to get all the fun out of life that we can have. We're going to do that, man. I'm telling you, we're going to have fun. Because what I want to see happen in the rest of this series is we kick the devil in the teeth when it comes to marriages. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Somebody said we'll do that. It's where you get to the point, you say, we're going to seek God together. Honey, we're going to fight fair and we're going to have some biblical fun. Sit down and talk about these things here. And let me just close with this. Revelation 2, 4, and 5 says, Jesus said, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. It's a great revival scripture. Get them all to the altar to, because they don't love Jesus enough, right? What if you use this in your marriage? Because see, to get what you once had, you have to do what you once did. To get back what you once had, you've got to do what you once did. And, honey, if the grass looks greener on the other side, water your own. Water your own. Take care of your relationship. Now, singles in here, you need to pay close attention. You're thinking, we have so much fun, and this won't apply to us. It will, honey. You just wait. A great marriage can work, but it takes work. Some of you that have strong marriages in here and you're like, I don't need this. I'm polishing my halo. We're all good. That's good for you. But you need to share this with somebody. You've got people you know that you need to share this with. You need to give these notes to somebody and say, look, I guarantee if you do this, your marriage will be better if you apply this. Today, what I want to do is we're getting ready to take communion in a few minutes. And I want to tie communion into what we're doing today. It's not a separate act. And ushers, if you'll go ahead and come to, to serve communion today.